welcome to Manufacturing Tech Australia, the official podcast partner for CMAT 2023. Join your hosts Shane Williams and Paul Mason as they share the latest manufacturing and tech news and explore innovative solutions to help you improve your business. Amazon's founder Jeff Bezos once observed, if you decide you're going to do only the things you know are going to work, you're going to leave a lot of opportunity on the table. And when it comes to innovation in the world of intralogistics, robotics and automation in warehousing supply chain management, there's no bigger name than Amazon. You're listening to Manufacturing Tech Australia, the official podcast partner of CMAT 23. Joining us today is Anna Reid, who holds the innovative reins at Amazon as the Senior Program Manager of Innovation for their operations in Australia. Together, we delve into the intricate technological initiatives that form the backbone of Amazon's expansive network of -of state-of-the-art facilities across the country. We discuss how Amazon fosters innovation at scale by empowering its staff, the utilisation of over 3,000 autonomous mobile robots within a single facility, the intriguing balance between chaotic storage and lean principles that underscore operational efficiency and quick product delivery in their Australian operations, and Anna's practical advice on how you can approach innovation within your own business. We trust you'll enjoy the interview. So Anna, thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Tech Australia. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on the show, Fane, listening to many of your other guests you've had on the show and yeah, looking forward to having a chat today. Great. Let's just jump straight in. Obviously, Amazon's been in Australia for five years now, making some significant investments in multiple state-of-the-art facilities across the country. Could you share with listeners the broad vision behind this expansion and particularly focusing on the role of technology and automation in enhancing operational efficiency and customer SAP? Yeah, sure. It might be good to maybe just start with the whole beginning of the Amazon journey. So Amazon was founded by Jeff Bezos back in July of 1994. He was actually working in, in Wall Street at the time and saw this thing of the internet starting to become pretty popular and thought it'd be something that if he didn't give it a go himself to set up a business based on the internet, it'd be something he'd regret later in life. So he left Wall Street as any entrepreneur does set up in their garage. He moved to Washington State. A really interesting random fact, firstly, the business was called Cadabra and Jeff's a accountant misheard him and thought he said the word cadaver and actually decided to rename the business at that point to something that obviously had a big vision and a big purpose. That's where the name Amazon came from. So it launched officially in 1995 and certainly from the very first day, although just selling books to start with, had a focus on customer obsession. And through that focus on customer obsession is how to leverage technology to deliver on that. We started our first site in Dandenong in Melbourne in 2017. We then got our second site in Sydney in 2018 third site in Perth in 2019, Brisbane in 2020. And I actually joined myself the Amazon journey in 2021, being site lead of the first non-sort site based in Ravenhall in Melbourne. So that site started to introduce a specific focus on larger items within Australia. And most excitingly was our new investment that we had in 2022, which is our first robotic site. It's actually the first Amazon robotic site in the Southern Hemisphere. It cost us over $500 million. It's 200,000 square meters in size. I guess the Taronga Zoo is probably a good analogy in terms of size. And with that footprint that we have from that robotic site in Sydney, we're able to reach 80% of our customers within a 12-hour window from that site. It's a pretty impressive site that we've invested quite a lot in technology. So we have 3,000 robotic drives, or you might know them as autonomous mobile robots working in that site. Each of them can move around what we call a pod or shelf, which is able to lift up 450 kilos and to move those around. And we've got around 33,000 pods in our facility in Sydney. 
And then through that technology, we're able to maximize our storage space on that site and deliver items to our associates. So that site, we have around 1,200 team members working out of that site. And in addition to the AMRs that we have working there is that we also have about 14 kilometers of conveyor, sortation equipment and different technology in terms of helping to make sure that we can deliver packages out. Um, Packages then leave our fulfillment centers and go to our delivery stations, which we've now invested in 10 delivery stations across Australia. Our focus really has been investing in both technology and making sure that we've got a great selection here in Australia. So we now have access to over 200 million items you can order from Amazon in Australia across 31 categories. And something we're really proud of as well is that we now have over 14,000 sellers selling on Amazon. So it's not a place you go and just buy items from Amazon. We have a lot of people who are selling from our website, which is pretty exciting that we're supporting a lot of small Australian businesses as well. And a 3,000 autonomous mobile robots or AMRs running around your fulfillment center in Sydney is pretty impressive. And I really like how you flip the script on instead of the picker going to the warehouse and finding the goods, you're bringing these pods to the picker so they can pick them more locally and have all those efficiency and time savings, not searching for goods in the warehouse. And I guess that's one of the key success factors why you're able to deliver to customers within 12 hours. But I'm really keen to hear some more about that technology around what you call the chaotic stowage model and how that all works in fulfilling orders quickly and more efficiently. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? So firstly, it'd be great to explain about what is chaotic stowing. And it sounds something that definitely is maybe anti-lean or doesn't go in line with lean practices, which I know you've spoken about a bit on this podcast previously. So firstly, we definitely love lean and embrace it at Amazon. I have a big focus on 5S. So when you walk into our sites, you'll see clear labeling of everything, a lot of color-coded tape that we use around our sites. But one thing that will stick out is when you look at how our inventory is stored, when you go to a traditional warehouse, you will see all of one skew or stock keeping unit in one location. You'll look at another pallet storage location or another shelf space, and you'll see another item of a different type or a different flavor and everything compartmentalized to its own. When you come into an Amazon site, uh, as the name Chaotic sounds, is everything can virtually be stored everywhere. We do have some rules to sit behind it, but when our team members are stowing an item away is that they can pretty much choose the location or the pod that's in front of them or a shelf to be able to store that item. Anything can pretty much can go anywhere. But what for us that has some really good advantages and why we're using chaotic stowing, firstly is I think important to note is the barcode on every product is really important for us. And as noted, there's no set location for each item. So as we're stowing an item, what that means is we can actually maximize how much space that we're using. So think of a jigsaw puzzle or a Jenga puzzle that we're putting different size items together. And so by Allowing our team members to be able to place anything into each shelving spot allows us, firstly, it makes it easier for the stowing process for that associate. They're not having to go and learn where everything is around the warehouse, but also means that we can maximize our storage space. The other key advantage is that if you think about one item going on sale within the fulfillment center, so as an example, if we've got Apple iPhones potentially or Apple AirPods going on sale is that they can be spread out in multiple locations across our fulfillment center. So that makes we're more flexible and able to pick quicker when that item's special and we don't have all of our staff going into one area to be congested in that spot. So our associates are picking in multiple locations because we've stored it chaotically across our storage system. Some of the things that obviously comes with a method of chaotic stowing is that we really need to rely on our systems. And obviously at Amazon, we're backed by our fantastic cloud system that we have of AWS. So all of our systems that we use are all supported by the AWS cloud. And that allows us to be able to be really accurate on our inventory. And we do use things like machine learning and AI to be able to help us to cycle count and also to look at where we might predict defects of inventory as well. 
probably if you're a business thinking about potentially going to chaotic sewing, so things that why you might think about it would be, as we've noted, around the effective use of space and maximising the inventory space. It also can help in terms of that flexibility when you've got different promotions on. But the challenges around it can be definitely around the accuracy of inventory. So you do need to rely on a really robust warehouse management system to support chaotic sewing and to make sure you've got good processes that sit around it to be able to make sure that you've got that consistent inventory accuracy as well. For us, obviously, really important is when a customer is going to order an item on Amazon, if we've got it on our website, that we know we definitely have it available for them to be able to purchase in the right location to be able to pick it quickly and efficiently to ship it out and and deliver it on the time that we're recommending for the customer. You mentioned a little bit about inventory management as well. So we have some amazing teams who work on inventory management for us who help to get the right level of inventory within each of our fulfillment centers and we're constantly making sure we're balancing that of having the right inventory in each location. So if something sells more in one location to another location, we will rebalance and and send some items that we might have in one site to another site. But we actually have some really sophisticated tools that I'm still getting my head around that do help in that area, but they basically use deep learning technology to be able to take different inputs, but to make sure we're getting that right balance of inventory. So From an operational perspective, it's a bit like a black box of helping to make sure behind the scenes that we are getting the right inventory, but using some pretty sophisticated algorithms to do that. On the surface, I have to say the chaotic stowage model does sound like it is flying in the face of lean and standardization and 5S types of warehouses, but can you maybe elaborate a little bit more on that and some of those lean tools that you're using at Amazon to improve efficiencies and reduce waste around the warehouse and across the different facilities? Jeff Bezos himself was very keen to bring into Amazon. It would have been probably at least 15, 20 years ago, he learnt about the concept of Andon, obviously about Toyota and when they were in manufacturing looms, it was one of their first key concepts. Failing an associate or operator being able to not have to be there monitoring the equipment all the time. So he took that concept of Andon and actually introduced it from a customer service perspective. So if you call up on Amazon and say, I've got this product and it's not quite right, I've got some concerns about the product, then the customer service operator on the other end has the ability and is given the autonomy to be able to what we call pull a virtual end on cord. So you can effectively click on a page that they've got and it will take that product off sale on our website until we investigate it. So similar to the production line where an operator can pull the end on cord to stop the manufacturing line, we allow our customer service team to pull the end on cord to stop the selling of a product. I love this concept of anticipating where you're going to need particularly inventory and moving it between the warehouses. I think it was like 2014, I read the first patent that was filed around anticipatory shipping. How far off are we before you can send me stuff before I know I want it? An awesome question, Shane. I remember actually I was not too long after 2014, I was studying my MBA and actually studied a business case on Amazon and came across that. And I thought, awesome, but to have that technology of having something delivered before you've even thought about it, that would be great. It's not on the immediate horizon that I'm aware of. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff happening across our big business. But in terms of what I do know is that our ranges in Australia obviously has significantly expanded. So as mentioned, yeah, this is the 200 million items you can now get access to in Australia and we're getting pretty pretty quick. So we offer in Sydney and Melbourne metro areas, we offer some same-day delivery services now. And then also for our prime customers, we have within one day uh, delivery as well. So I know I've relied on Amazon myself personally for, for many a birthday present where I've maybe left it to the last minute and even getting some stuff pretty quickly from overseas nowadays as well. So Hopefully, we'll get there in the future, but yeah, I'm not sure the exact timing, sorry. That's all right. We can only hope. I just love the whole concept around the innovative nature of the business, and I suppose that sort of takes me to that sort of philosophy that 
often gets described as Amazon's philosophy for failing fast and failing forward. Uh, so I wonder whether you could talk to that sort of philosophy and perhaps how it's been implemented in your Australian operations related to investments in technology and process. Yeah, sure. As you touched on, innovation is one of our really key principles that we have at Amazon. So I mentioned earlier about customer obsession and we're focused on being Earth's most customer-centric company. And sitting alongside that is about our focus on innovation and our commitment to operational excellence and long-term thinking. To be innovative with a long-term mind doesn't mean we have to test and fail through that process. And I think even Jeff Bezos is famous for saying the best place to work to fail is at Amazon. A really great example that we've got from a global Amazon perspective is the Fire Phone. You probably haven't heard of the Fire Phone, I'm guessing, and I hadn't heard of it really actually before working at Amazon. And it was a product that we launched back in 2014. It was a 3D-enabled phone that was pretty cool that you could get a sense of depth as you moved the phone around. But for some reason, I guess it wasn't popular, obviously competing against some pretty strong competition. But the technology and the advancement that went into developing that phone then pivoted and allowed us to develop something else that you probably have heard of, a device called Alexa. So that's a great example and one we often use in our training within Amazon around that lesson learned approach. In terms of our learning in Australia, we started small with 1FC and we're starting to build up and scale up. So through that, we're adding more technology as we go. And so through that, we've taken lessons learned to some of the, I'll call it more manual processes that we've had to start with, is that we're now automating more of those as we go. So that's been a learning in terms of working out what is the right level of automation. And I think an important concept even in Lean is around the concept of automation. So the fact you automate where it makes sense, and sometimes it doesn't always make sense to automate and Probably just a recent example was linking into to stretch wrapping. So ideally, over time, we're moving away from stretch wrapping, but until we can get consistent solutions in that space is that we want to automate and make that process as easy as possible for our associates. And we found by putting in automatic stretch wrappers around our sites, they took up a lot of real estate, also needed our team members to go back and forward quite repetitively to be able to use those in the flexible nature of our work on our sites. One of our associates actually came up with a great idea to be able to implement a more manual, what we call a walk-around stretch wrapper, so something that's available off the shelf. And we've now rolled that solution out to all of our sites in Australia and actually getting really positive feedback from our associates and team members where previously we would have automated and thought about putting in these automatic wrappers that we're now putting something that's a little bit less automated but is more flexible and nimble for our associates. So they're not wasting that time going back and forward, but it's safer than trying to wrap something by hand. So Anna, we've spoken a little bit around inventory management technologies in the warehouse and your chaotic stowage and all that technology used to pick and pack goods in the warehouse. But I was wondering, are there any other technologies in the logistics and warehousing space that our listeners might be interested in that Amazon's working on at the moment? Yes, lots of very exciting projects in our site in Sydney. It's a four-story building. I didn't note that before, but three of those floors within that building have 1,000 AMRs running around each, so about 3,000 in total. And they're in a fenced area. And they use a little 2D barcodes on the ground to be able to navigate their way around. And I think of it about being like a an airport in some way that we have a, a planning control tower that's helping to send the signals out to the AMRs about where they need to move within that that controlled space. And they're able to do some level of problem solving themselves. They have a 3D camera where they can look out in front of them if there's a spill or something unexpected, can relay that information back to the control tower to be able to then get instructions on what to do next. We also have special Wi-Fi suits that team members can go into that area and the AMRs will move away from the team member detecting their Wi-Fi suits, but it is a restricted area. Technology that we're working on now is the next generation of that, what we're calling our Proteus AMR. And it is 
a full autonomous mobile robot. So that will be able to move around our associates and won't need to be in a restricted or fenced off area. So it has a lot more smarts and sensors built into it. And it'll be able to help to move items around our site, such as our delivery carts, to be able to move them, say, from where we've sorted parcels through towards trucks and to be able to help with some of the, I guess, repetitive areas where we might be moving items yet back and forward within it. So supporting our associates to be able to continue to improve the safety of our roles that we do. Another exciting project that we're working on is something called Sparrow. So I mentioned about chaotic sewing and all the different items that we're sewing within our within our fulfillment centres in different locations. One of the challenges that comes to that is that we having over 200 million different items is how do you pick up and handle those items with a robot? And off the shelf today, there is no solution that is able to do that. Many different companies have tried to be able to pick up an item. And if you think about even just probably on your desk in front of you or wherever you are at the moment of different items, you might have a keyboard. How do you pick up a keyboard and grip that versus a phone versus a pencil? Each of those items you pick up and grip slightly different and we intuitively do that as a human but for a robot to do that is a lot more complex so we've developed a robot called Sparrow in conjunction with Fanook that uses suction or vacuum to be able to turn on and off different vacuum cups and using AI to be able to work out how best to pick up an item so currently that robot's going through learning so it's deployed within a fulfillment center in North America at the moment and picking up and learning how to be able to take different items and we've recently also released quite a bit of that information and learning publicly as well for others to be able to learn from what we've learned our journey so far in creating a robot that has that ultimate flexibility to be able to pick up any item. So there are a couple of items that we're working on and there's yeah, obviously many more thousands of, of projects that we're working on within Amazon. And uh, Amazon clearly has a range of great systems and technologies that they use um, to manage your fulfillment centers and, and enable you to deliver goods to your customers efficiently and fast. For our listeners out there who are looking to maybe improve their level of automation in their warehouses or maybe looking to improve their logistics and distribution um, to their customers, are there any tips and tricks you could give our listeners to help them improve their operations? Yeah, sure. I think quite a few of these link into areas that I've spoken about today. But firstly is spend the time to really understand the technology that you need. I sometimes call this beware of the shiny toy. And obviously a little bit ironic with myself coming from innovation and a focus on technology, but it's really important to be very clear of what problem you're trying to solve. And it sounds fairly intuitive, but I think as part of that, and I mentioned a little bit lean earlier in the discussion as well, is spending the time to value stream map a process, understand the inputs, the outputs, et cetera, that are coming into that process. What is the tack time that you need out of the process? But also, what is the exceptions you might need to think about? And then to look at what solutions are available. Within Amazon, we do use some off-the-shelf solutions. We also develop quite a lot of our own. But I think firstly, really spend that time to understand your process and then how technology may help you to solve it and to deep dive and ask the questions on where you'll get the value out of the technology. Through the work I've been working on, I've been reviewing a lot of different solutions. Some make sense and we're progressing with where some, they look awesome and they'd be really great from a technology perspective to have, but they're just not going to deliver the value best for us out of that equipment. Secondly would be fail forward and fast, as we've already discussed. So take that test and learn approach with innovation. Encourage your team to to also do that, to test and fail. I have many of our leaders across our sites are supporting me in my innovation projects and, and running some of them as, as well and allowing them to have involvement. And we test stuff and learn a lot of different pilots that are running 
But think about how you can scale it in a way as well that if you do fail, what's the consequence of the fail? We talk in Amazon about the concept of a one-way door versus a two-way door. And we also think about that in relation to that failing. So if something's a one-way door, it means that when you've failed, it's very hard to undo that change and to roll it back. Whereas something's a two-way door, it means that when you've had an issue, you've got a rollback plan and you can go back to how you're operating before. So we love innovation. Ideally, we've got the two-way door and we can go fast through that door because we know we can also come back pretty fast. If we're going through a one-way door, we'll spend more time sitting down methodically, making sure that we're making the right decision, knowing the consequences if it doesn't work out. And then thirdly is around reliability and supply chain resilience. Our research shows that certainly from an e-commerce perspective, people are shopping in more categories, they're spending more online, and they're also trying new online retailers. And as a business, we've found one of our key expectations that we have from our customers is reliability. So people want to make sure that when they order an item, that it arrives when they expect it. And obviously at Amazon, our ultimate goal is to make sure that we're delivering on that customer promise. And we've had so many challenges in particular through COVID over the last few years, supply chain disruptions, et cetera. But spending that time in your business thinking through what are the things that may go wrong, having contingent plans around that, but also how do you put in flexibility in your business and your design of your business model and processes? So if something unexpected does happen, how can you quickly respond to that as well? I think that's something that we do really well in Amazon and that chaotic sewing is a great example of having flexibility. Having inventory all spread out in your warehouse provides a great level of flexibility. If something's become very popular and is selling quite quickly, then we can get that out to our customers quickly. That would be my three tips for thinking about automation within warehousing or manufacturing. And it's been amazing having you here and you shared some really useful insights for our listeners. So I really appreciate your time. We're also looking forward to seeing you at CMAT. I believe your, your keynote is on the first day. We'll be there recording live. Thanks for sharing your insights with us and we look forward to seeing you there. Cool. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, Paul. Much appreciated. Thanks for tuning in to Manufacturing Tech Australia with Shane and Paul, recorded on the traditional lands of the Bunurong and Wurundjeri peoples. For more information, jump on the manufacturingtech.au website. Remember to hit the follow button to join us again next time as we continue to explore the intersection of manufacturing and technology, only on Manufacturing Tech Australia.